following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the shackle. Are we ready to blast off? You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. What the heck happened last night? Hang on to your hats because you're about to go on a heck of a ride through time, space, and the multiverse. How do I reach these kids? Atlanta, Georgia, Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Miami, Dallas, Texas. I don't care where the city is. How do I reach these gigs? And with all the high-tech gizmos these days? The biggest trick the Jack ever pulled was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I reach these gigs. The Jackal. Let's go back into the courtroom. We have a verdict. Here comes Judge Nelson. Please be seated. We're back on the record. I understand that we have a verdict. Are we ready for the jury to come in? We are, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Please be seated. Uh, members of the jury, have you reached a verdict? If you'll please follow the verdict form and hand it to Dep Deputy Jarvis. Okay. If you'll please publish the verdict. In the Circuit Court of the 18th Judicial Circuit in and for Seminole County, Florida, State of Florida versus George Zimmerman. Verdict, we the jury find George Zimmerman not guilty. So say we all four person. I want to talk about something more important here. You, you know, you keep talking about this gun. George had a concealed weapons permit. He had a legal right to carry that weapon with him. Okay? Yeah. And we talked about the Second Amendment. And you said yeah. something about before the before the Civil War. Well, in the state of Florida, the, the Civil requirements War? were met what by is Mr. The Zimmerman. Hate? Uh, okay, you Mr. Taffy, it was the, the Civil War before. It was the Revolutionary the War when the Brits, the Tories, were bursting right to into people's homes. Okay, he had every right to carry that weapon. He did. He was a legal concealed weapons permit carrier. Okay, legal concealed weapons carrier. Did you say that? A legal concealed weapons he carrier. Had, he had a per. He had a permit. I don't 
don't care. He had a I don't care. And you know what? Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer had a legal right to have knives in a boiling pot. You have the legal right to bear arms, and you know this being a constitutional lawyer on top of everything. So let's not go there that he was just sauntering about with a gun, looking to gun down a young black male. That's, that's exactly, the first thing from the truth. Exactly. He was sauntering around truth. with a gun. And again, Mr. Tabby, I appreciate you trying to target. I appreciate you trying to recite history. When he saw Trayvon on drugs. He okay. said he's on drugs. And they found THC in his system. Did they not? He said this guy looks suspicious and he's on drugs. And okay. what did they find in the system? They Let found THC. Tetrahydrocannabinol. Okay, Mr. Taffy, I appreciate your attempt at history, but it was the Revolutionary War when we got the Bill of Rights after that. And yes, everyone has a right to carry a gun, but that doesn't. It is still extraordinary that you think it's so normal that he carries a loaded gun, like ammo, no safety, to walk his dog. All justice in Florida and in the United States has been destroyed. The outrage that people feel is justified. A murderer has been sent back out on the streets. George Zimmerman has been found not guilty by a jury of his peers. A jury of gun-owning white women and one Hispanic woman. Where were Trevon Martin's peers represented in this jury? Why was there no African-American in this jury? Why is it that it seems like killing children is not important to the law? Trevon Martin did nothing wrong but walk home to his father's house. His only crime was being a black kid in a white neighborhood. And if that is now a crime, we're not living in the America that our forefathers promised us. Liberty and justice for all. Where is the justice for Trevon Martin? Where is his liberty, his civil rights, which were completely stolen by the man who pulled the trigger on that faithful night of 2012? Now this story has captivated people nationwide, and it's far from over. Civil rights charges might be filed against George Zimmerman, I agree this should be. He violated Trevon Martin's civil rights. You have the right to walk on any street that you choose to in this country. And not one idiot with a gun has the right to take that away from you. Nobody has the right to murder. Nobody has the right to play God. 
And if you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to try to play cop and a 17-year-old skinny kid can take you down and give you a beating like you're claiming he gave you, then you, sir, are a wimp. George Zimmerman is a pussy. George Zimmerman is the epitome of a mangina. A man who puts himself out there and yet needs a gun to defend himself because he's not man enough to fight off a child. Now, was Trevon Martin a strong kid? Perhaps he was a football player. But could Trevon Martin really beat up George Zimmerman the way the Zimmerman claims? I highly doubt it. The forensic evidence proves otherwise. There was no blood found on young Trevon Martin's body or his hands. If he is beating George Zimmerman the way that Zimmerman claims he was beating him, punching him repeatedly, slamming his head against the concrete, why was there no blood on Trevon Martin's fingers, on his knuckles, on his shirt that belonged to George Zimmerman? The only blood on Trevon Martin's body was from the bullet hole put into him by this known liar. George Zimmerman has lied before. George Zimmerman will lie again. And George Zimmerman is getting away with murder. So welcome everybody to this very special Inside the Jackal's Head, live on PSN Radio and SoFlo Radio. If you want to get in on the line here, hold up. I'm going to give you the number in a second. But I want to tell everybody listening, please make your way over to the chat room only at www.psn-radio.com. Right now, go there, click on the very top left-hand side. It says Big Banner. It says Chat Room on it. Click on it. Join the chat. Join us in a discussion about this case. And then when you feel like you should call in, when you want to drop your two cents in, please do so. The number is 786-245-8127. Lines are open. And I will be taking phone calls within a few seconds here. What do you feel? How do you feel? What are your thoughts? I'm outraged. I'm upset. I feel like justice was not done here. But I want to hear from you. If you really are passionate tonight about this case, call in. Please be a part of this show. 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. We are live. And I will be taking everybody's call tonight. It is open lines, unfiltered. You guys say what you want to say. <clears throat> this man, George Zimmerman, has gotten in trouble with, in, with the law before. This is not the first time that he's done something stupid against somebody else that has gotten him arrested or in trouble. His father, George Zimmerman Sr., is a former judge in the Orlando area, in the very same place where this crime took place. A judge for over 25, 30 years. He has gotten Georgie out of trouble before. He seems to have done a very good job of doing it again. Apparently, if your father is a judge, you can do anything. What message is this sending out to young kids across this country? To young black kids across this country? That they can't walk anywhere and feel safe anymore. They can't go to a neighborhood store. They can't walk home from the store without feeling like somebody might kill them. 
This verdict literally has given everybody who's a racist with a gun the ability to go and kill somebody and say, hey, he attacked me. I was just standing my ground. Now, do they need to go back and change the stand-your-ground laws? Do they need to rethink that law? It's starting to look like it. It really is. But see, stand-your-ground did not cover the Casey Anthony verdict. So how do you explain that? How do we explain a woman who kills her child, lies to the police for over a year, and then gets away with it? What is wrong with the picture painted in the Casey Anthony verdict and in the George Zimmerman verdict. What is wrong fundamentally with this country's justice system? Lady Liberty is supposed to be blind, but right now Lady Liberty is acting more like a whore. A whore to murderers. And I am very saddened by this. I am extremely saddened to be an American today. I'm sad to be in a country where child murderers are allowed to go free. Make no mistakes of it. George Zimmerman will have to pay one day. If you believe in heaven, if you believe in hell, there's a very special place in hell for George Zimmerman and Casey Anthony. A very special place in hell for those two. If you don't believe in heaven or hell, and you believe in the street code, I can almost guarantee you that George Zimmerman will never be able to walk a day in his life again in the streets without somebody confronting him and pushing his buttons. Now the scary thing is, this man got his gun back. According to the law, they can give him his weapon back because he was found not guilty. So the murder weapon used to murder this child is going back into the hands of this killer. It's outrageous. It's it's pouring salt in a wound that would not ever be healed. How do you heal losing a child? How does the Martin family continue on from this? You simply don't. You simply can't. Your whole life has been robbed from you when you lose your child. I am so sorry for the Martin family. I feel very, very... Sorry for the justice system. I feel very, very sorry for the justice system. I feel very, very sorry for our own justice system. It's been corrupted, folks. It's been corrupted by the wealthy. It's been corrupted by people like George Zimmerman Sr., his judge father, who helped him get away with murder, who helped him get away with it before in the past who will always help his son, even if it means paying off the state, the prosecution, the defense, the jury. I believe everybody got paid off on this one. How else do you explain they allow a jury of all white women, white gun-carrying women on this jury, and one Hispanic woman? Statistically speaking, White women do not convict in court. And they're not going to convict one of their own. A white male who's a gun owner. It's not going to happen. It is unjust and it's unfair. Trevon Martin was not represented in that jury at all. Not one African American. It is disgusting. 
to think that they get away with this shit all the time in this country. And when I say they, I mean the justice system. I don't even mean white people or anybody else. I mean the justice system. The justice system is broken. It only works for the elite. It only works for those with money. For those within the system. The rest of us can go to hell. Trevon Martin is a victim of the system. George Zimmerman is a pimp of the system. He pimped the system. Thanks to his daddy, his daddy's position, and all the money that threw out to get him acquitted. I'm not making any outlandish statements here. This is a fact. He's been in trouble before. His father has gotten him out. Look into the history, folks. Look into the history of this man. He's a scumbag. He's a piece of shit. And like I said before, he's a wimp and a pussy. Now, the fallout has been going on for the last day or so since the announcement. But of course, this has been media fodder for a long time. Dan Abrams had a very interesting take on this whole thing, where he pretty much declared that Zimmerman would get off and explained why. This is incredible. Listen to this piece of audio from Dan Abrams talking about George Zimmerman getting off on ABC, by the way. Okay, so amazing how accurate he was. And I'm going to open up the lines. I know people are trying to get in already. I'm going to open the lines up as soon as you hear this audio. Check this out. No sooner did the prosecution rest its case than defense moved to throw it out. What is before the court is an enormous amount of information that my client acted in necessary self-defense. The prosecution ready with this quick rebuttal. There are two people involved here. One of them's dead and one of them's a liar. Now, the jury is not expected to hear George Zimmerman tell his side of the story. His attorney tells me it's very unlikely he's going to put him on the stand, which means that the defense could wrap its case by Wednesday. The jury could begin deliberations, Dan and Bianca, as early as Friday. So many people wondering if Zimmerman will, in fact, take the stand. All right, Matt, our thanks to you, and we're lucky to have you here, Dan, with us, because you've been following this case since the beginning, and you actually told me this morning that you think the prosecution's in trouble. Yeah, the, the prosecution's case is now in. They've presented all of their evidence, and I do not see how a jury, as a legal matter, convicts of either second-degree murder or manslaughter. Now, that does not mean that George Zimmerman was justified. It doesn't mean that George Zimmerman was right. It means that when the prosecution has the burden to prove this case beyond a reasonable doubt, meaning they have the responsibility to disprove self-defense beyond a reasonable doubt, it is hard to imagine that of all the witnesses we've seen, that there is not reasonable doubt as to that up to this point. This is just the prosecution's case. And even amongst those prosecution witnesses, we have seen testimony which it's hard to imagine would not be perceived as reasonable doubt in the minds of a juror. But you can't predict juries, so who knows? That's right. We're going to hear from the defense, as Matt said, next week. This could wrap as early as Wednesday. There you go. That's Dan Abrams talking about uh, the acquittal days before it happened, and he was uh, shockingly accurate. Now, one thing he did say is you can't predict uh, juries, but you know what? You kind of can predict juries because it's statistically known that an all-female jury, especially an all-white female jury, they don't convict, especially when they're gun owners. You, you, I mean, you really think that an all-female jury uh, that are all gun owners are going to convict a guy with the gun named Zimmerman? That's why I think there's a, there's definitely an underlying fix here. 
Were people paid off uh, to get this jury the way it is? I don't know. But you know what? We have a caller on the line, and I think we're going to be able to understand him now. Caller, you're on the air on Inside the Jackal's Head. Who's this? State your name and your rank. And what do you think about this case, man? Yeah, man. It's me, Julius, from New York, man. Um, I'm going to be honest about that, Kate, about what I've seen from the verdict and everything. Most of me wanted to, most of me wanted a guilty verdict on either murder or manslaughter at least. But part of me knew that Zimmerman was going to get off. I just didn't want to believe that part of me that knew he was going to get off. And I was, honestly, I was pissed off at first, but I'm looking at it like this. I can't even be that pissed off because one, look at where you're at. You're at, you're in the state of Florida where Casey Anthony got off, first of all. She got off right. for killing her child. Second, who mostly goes down to Florida besides people who were born there? Rich, <laughs> retired white folks. And most of them are Republicans. Third, That's true. like you said, most of them are gun owners. And the laws down in Florida are so loose when it comes to guns. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I heard. I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I heard down in like maybe maybe a part of Texas or something where you could literally be walking down the street with a double barrel shotgun as long as you're not pointing at anybody. Cops can't do nothing about it. Well, cops will stop you and they will ask you, uh, "What the hell are you doing walking down the street with a with a shotgun?" But you know the the laws here are very relaxed. I'm like I, I'm a proponent of gun permits. I, you know I think we do have the rights to bear arm, and I am completely for that amendment now with that said okay with that said i know people who've done uh these patrol watches uh for neighborhoods uh i you know i've even met some people that were guardian angels remember them the guardian angels mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, i know I, I, i've known folks who've done this before and never have i ever met one of these people that were out there with a gun not once. They go there either with a police stick, you know, like they're going to fight somebody off. They use a stick and they fight them off or they have a taser. You know, they have a different weapon that doesn't kill any any individual who confronts them. Their job is not to stop crime. Their job is to report crime and defend themselves if crime comes to them. But you don't go out there with a loaded weapon with no safety on it and then follow an innocent person who's just walking down the street. Well, you really have no reason to stop this guy. You know what I mean? Now... That is where this case completely falls apart for me, for Zimmerman, because he's not supposed to be out there with a weapon, first of all. Second of all, he's not supposed to go after somebody when the cops tell you, clearly, stand down. Leave him alone. He's done nothing. And then he still chases this kid and causes the altercation, and then the kid's dead. You know what I mean? So while I am a proponent of for gun laws and I do not want to see the amendment changed, that has nothing to do with what really happened in this case. This case is a overzealous. This is an overzealous wannabe police officer who, you know what, wanted to play cop, and it ended yeah, up costing yeah, the life. Right, and I agree with you on that. I agree with you because I'm looking at it like this. Um, last I checked, neighborhood watchmen weren't allowed to have guns unless they passed a new law, and then all of a sudden, there you have it. Neighborhood watchmen can have guns. Last I checked, it wasn't supposed to happen, and. Just looking at the way the prosecution, they didn't even attempt to even try to convict them. It seemed like basically all the defense had to do was just kick back, relax, 
and just wait for the prosecution to mess up. And you know how, you remember when you were a kid in school and everything, where you just kicked back, relaxed, didn't do much work, and then towards the end of the market, towards the end of the year, you did just enough work to pass where you didn't have to go to summer school? Yep. That's pretty much what the defense did. They just relaxed, chilled, and then they just put up a C effort, and that was more than enough for them to uh, acquit Zimmerman. And it's it's just it's just pathetic that all of our young uh, all of our young youths doesn't matter white black Hispanic Jew Italian whatever it just it's just pathetic that you see this guy Zimmerman who literally disobeyed a police officer's command. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to obey a police officer over anything. You disobey his command. He tells you don't follow, stop. You disobey him. You go looking for trouble, and then you kill an innocent kid. Now, granted, maybe Trayvon did have a little bit of a criminal background history, but and yes, maybe he did defend himself and bash his head into this concrete, but. Wouldn't you do the same thing if you found out you were being followed and all you had in your hand was a was a bag of candy and a and an Arizona iced tea and you were minding your business going home in the rain? Here's my thing. Not only would I do the same, I'd probably do worse because if I see, especially if I see a gun on the side of this person, who he did have a gun to which it was under his coat, but it was possibly visible, especially if he's you know walking towards him or something. If he sees a gun. I would, you know, first of all, I would think, okay, this guy has a gun. He's, you know, been following me. Uh, this is not good. And honestly, I would probably react the same way and start punching. It's a yeah. human reaction to defend yourself. That is called standing your ground. Yes. You got to defend yourself. Yeah. What happened to yeah, taking uh, a good old-fashioned ass-whooping and just, you know, moving on? You know what I mean? Like, couldn't uh, Zimmerman fight back? I mean, is he that much of a wimp that he couldn't, like, punch back or do anything? Because, you know, look, I understand, yeah, he got hit once. Maybe maybe he slipped. I don't know. But look, I've been in fights before, and I've been the one that got jumped by an individual, and I've gotten punched, and I fell, and we wrestled, you know, we wrestled down, and I've gotten out of it, and I and I got on top, and I started beating the guy up. I mean, that's called getting into a fight. You know what I mean? That happens. People yeah. fight, but you don't pull a gun and just shoot somebody because they're kicking your ass. Yeah, and the thing I don't understand is Zimmerman at least what seventy-eight pounds heavier than Trayvon Martin, and then you got to use a gun to do that. I, that's something that still is kind of like questioning me about that. I'm like, you're about at least sixty pounds heavier than him, right? And at then, least, yeah. Well, now he's a lot bigger because Zimmerman's gained a lot of weight the last uh, year. <laughs> well, yeah, I hear you on that one, but like, it's gotten to the point where nowadays. I don't even, honestly, I don't even try to fight anybody over anything anymore because nowadays, like you said, kids are carrying, people are carrying weapons on them. In a sense, I don't blame them because you never know where it's going to happen. You could be, you could be by yourself walking home. Somebody might try to mug you or something and then you got to protect yourself on one point. But then again, if it's just a one-on-one conversation, confrontation, what are you going to do? You're going to pull a knife out on somebody and he wants to shoot the one with his fist and everything? It's like it's like you said. People are scared. People are scared. You know what it is nowadays. Kids are scared to take a loss because they feel their reputation is going to be at stake. They feel like if they lose a fight, they're going to be embarrassed and everything. So they figure it's easier to stab somebody or shoot somebody than to take an L. But the real difference is mm-hmm. taking an L 
you at least live to fight another day or right. you don't go to jail, you would hope not to go to jail. But stabbing or shooting somebody, there's a high good chance you're going to go to jail. Not only that, when you when you shoot somebody dead, there's no coming back from that. That's it. Oh, you know, yeah. But... Once you kill and take a life, and, you know, this is also part of the, the fallout uh, the last few days uh, before the verdict and now post the verdict uh, was a controversial uh, picture of the body of Trevon Martin uh, that was shown on TV. And, you know, I saw the picture. Very shocking, uh, you know, gruesome. Uh, you know, it's not yeah, something you want to see. Not, not something you want to see at all. Uh, and I tell you what, once you see his body laying there and you look at Zimmerman, it becomes very, very clear that Zimmerman could have taken this kid if he really, you know, wanted to. There's no need for mm-hmm. him to pull a gun. There's no need. This, you know, we're not talking. You know, everybody says, "Oh, well, he played football, so he was in good shape." Yeah, he probably could run fast, but doesn't mean he could kick everybody's ass. Exactly. You know what I mean? He was a look, and and by all accounts, he was an athlete. You know, he was in football and all that stuff. But again, does not mean that he was a linebacker. He was a wide receiver. Wide receivers are not known to be, you know, that tough. They run fast. No. That's it. That's, that's about it. So, you know, and again, it goes all go. It all goes back to this mentality that I think a lot of people have, where they want to profile kids, especially when they're wearing hoodies. Uh, and this is, you know, my niece. One of my nieces recently. Uh, well, actually, she's my mm-hmm. niece's daughter. So I guess my great niece. I guess is what you call her. But anyway, she goes to school and she recently had a hoodie on, and they suspended her for having a hoodie on. And mind you, she had, you know, she didn't put it on because of the Trevon Martin case. She just has a, you know, a jacket with a hoodie. And she wore it, wore it once in a while, and one day she just had it on, as, you know, typical kids wear these hoodies. And they literally suspended her, and they told her if she brought it back, she would be expelled from school. Now, this is a girl who's never gotten in trouble in her life. But this is to the point that we're getting now that you can't even wear a hoodie anymore. Now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Rocky wear a hoodie back in the 70s? Yeah, you wore them back in the seventies and eighties. How you know? How did you know wearing a hoodie become now you know classified with you know bad or gangsters? And, and you know why is it that because this kid had a hoodie on that makes him a bad kid? A, that's part of it, the mentality it, it, that's going on in the media, which is completely outrageous. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Like up here in New York, back in the nineties, and I remember those days growing up. I mean, yes, the eighties was probably a little worse than in the seventies too, but. Back then, but back when I was growing up and everything, I remember people on the block and everything, they were wearing hoodies all the time. And, yes, some of those guys that were wearing hoodies were actually robbers, drug dealers, drug robbers, this, that, and the third. And then, yeah, in a sense, black people did kind of make that interpretation that wearing a hoodie means you was a gangster or a thug and everything. And then back then in the parties, when you used to wear hoodies, you could carry anything into a club. Carry knives, right. uh, guns, drugs, anything. You could you could do that. Now, credit, I would give the credit to the clubs and everything for cleaning that act up. Because they stopped, I think, what was it, 2005, 2006, they stopped with the hoodies, going into clubs and everything. They, mm-hmm. went, they want everybody to, you know, dress casual. Dress kind of like you're going to a business meeting or something. I won't say that, but you know what I mean. Right, right. You know, it's funny because I've actually gone into this argument with folks where they're like, oh, well, you know, he was a little thug. You know, he had the hoodie on and he was making that lean drink, that purple drink, you know, the kids are drinking now. And, and yeah. you know, I've, I actually have gone into this argument with people and I tell them, you know what, I have a hoodie I wear every once in a while. Um, I've actually made lean. I, I've drank it, purple drink. I've made that. Uh, and I've drank it. 
Uh, they're, they're saying, oh, he had uh, levels of marijuana in his system. He must be a gangster. I smoked pot before. Uh, in fact, in his autopsy, he had very low levels of THC in the system. Uh, they even determined that he hadn't smoked in weeks. So it wasn't like he was a, a drug-dealing pothead. Okay, so we got to completely, first of all, hold on, we got to completely take away that the, the whole, you know, mistake in, in ideology from this case that, oh, he was a, a, a pot-smoking uh, gangster because he really wasn't. Even the autopsy hey, proved that he wasn't a, a pot-smoking kid. You know what I mean? He had very low, low levels. Hell, if they drug test me, they're probably going to find quadruple the amount of THC in my system that he had in his system. What, does that mean that somebody should come and shoot me? Not even, not even. It just, it just, I mean, like you said, everybody smokes weed before. Um, I smoke weed from time to time, but I barely do it. Maybe once in like a three or four month period at the most. And, um, I have hoodies all the time too. I mean, hey, I go to, I mean, hey, when I was working overnight and it was cold, I used mm -hmm. to wear a hoodie, you know, to protect my head and everything so I don't get sick and everything. I mean, people, we still wear hoodies. We don't wear them like we used to back, back, when I was growing up, but we still wear hoodies, and because I wear a hoodie, that doesn't make me anything. Matter of fact, I was actually going to share a story on on um, Facebook and everything about what happened to me almost okay. a year and a half ago, but I'm I'm going to share it right now. I'm going to make it like long story short. Back around the late January to early February of last year, I was at the twenty four. I was at my twenty four hour deli, you know, getting me a sandwich and everything. It was like two thirty. Three o'clock in the morning, two thirty-three o'clock in the morning. Now, and then I was at the twenty-four hour deli. Next to this twenty-four hour deli is like a little club called Spectators and everything. And on a certain night, kids from Iowa College, predominantly white, excuse me, they were over there, you know, getting into the bar, you know, having their little eats, their little drinks, and everything. And then, like about a couple of minutes later, two kids. Or getting into it, getting into an argument and everything. Presumably, I'm going to go with the fact that they were both drunk and they didn't know what the heck they were doing or they knew what they were doing and just trying to call up attention. So these two kids are fighting and everything. And then as I'm leaving, minding my business, I see one of the kids laid out on the ground, bloody from like the nose and the mouth and everything. So I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like... Okay, let these kids go ahead and mess up a, uh, another night like they normally do. I'm walking home with my sandwich in my hand. And then just as I get to the bottom of my hill in my house, a cop car stops me. They stop me. And I'm like, okay, why am I getting stopped for? Hmm. And I was saying in the back of my mind, I'm like, why well, do I get the funny feeling that this is going to have something to do and come back towards me and I had nothing to do with it? So... Officer asked me, um, yes, um, is there any, I asked the officer, I'm like, yeah, how, hey, how you doing? What's going on tonight? And he's like, yeah, we just want to know, um, we want to know if you was over there at the fight or something. I'm like, the fight? I'm like, honestly, with you, officer, all I was just doing was getting a sandwich. That's it. Like, yeah, well, somebody described that you was in a fight or something. I'm like, describe me. I was like, what, why would they describe me? I'm like, I'm minding my business. I'm getting a sandwich. You know, I'm, I'm hungry. It's 2.30 in the morning. I'm getting a sandwich. Minding my business. You know, so they're like, yeah, they described you. You had a ho black hoodie on, a do rag, jeans, boots, and everything. I'm like, the you fit one the description. Time, <laughs> yeah, the one time I fit the description, I don't do yeah. nothing. They asked me, I'm like, officer, honestly, you could check my hands. I don't look like I was even in a fight. You could check my face. I wasn't even in a fight. 
All I was doing was dressing warm because it was cold out that night, getting a sandwich, minding my business, going home. The officer, you know, looks me up and down. He's like, you fit the description, but since you were telling your side of the story and you have the sandwich, I'm like, look, you can even look at the sandwich if you want. I'll even open the sandwich so that I'm getting a sandwich. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to let you go. Just mind your business. Stay out of trouble. I'm like, I stay out of trouble all the time. I don't have no criminal record. I've never been arrested, never been handcuffed, never even been questioned in anything. And then for that to happen to me, I'm just like, why don't you go actually question those other white kids that saw the fight? Why don't you go out there and actually do your job instead of looking at me? Right. And I had nothing to do with it, you know? So now it, it kind of makes me, you know, want to try to change up my image and everything, you know, change it up a little bit because what happens if the next time something like that happens and then I get blamed for it again? And mind you, I had nothing to do with it. Now, this is a clear case of profiling. They saw you, they profiled you, and, you know, they thought you were maybe a part of some fight that maybe really happened. Now, here's the thing. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like it's kind of getting to the point where it's going to be scary for young teenage black kids or Latino kids to even go out in the streets and, and even go walking anywhere? Because now, you know, something like this could happen again, and literally we saw this man get away with it. It could literally happen again just like this easily. I'll, I'll be honest, yeah, they probably could because they probably would be scared now more than ever because now it's like you can't even walk down the street with your hoodie on without a cop or a quote-unquote um, wannabe cop profiling you and thinking you're about to do something bad. When in fact, all you're just probably doing is just walking home. Exactly. Now, we live in America. You have the you have it. the right. Look, we live in America. You have the right to look how you want to look. You have the right to dress how you want to dress. Say what you want to say. It's supposed to be a free country, right? That's yeah. what it's supposed to be like. Now, excuse me and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but unless you're you know talking about blowing up a building or doing something crazy terrorist wise, why are they even looking at? kids that are just walking in the street. That, it boggles my mind. But you know what? Uh, it's MSNBC anchor, um, I don't know if you heard of this lady, Melissa Harris-Perry, nearly broke down in tears. Uh, last. Uh, this is actually in the morning on Sunday, Sunday morning. Meanwhile, uh, describing her reaction to the, uh, the verdict here, uh, and she nearly broke down in tears because of, of the reaction of her 11-year-old daughter and her reaction to the not guilty verdict. And I'm going to play the audio here of her daughter's reaction because really it says a lot to what kids might be thinking following this verdict mm -hmm. because this has touched a lot of people across the country and a lot of children have followed this case across the country. I want everybody to listen to this audio because it really is uh, just amazing to think of what a, a child might be thinking who's looking at this and growing up now in a society where they are going to have to be scared uh, to even go in the streets and go to a 7-Eleven or go to a, a Publix or, or walk anywhere. Now, you, you know, your safety is not even your safety anymore. Like, there, there's no safety zone for anybody. You, you know, you could be attacked, even, shot, and that's it. You know, and the law is going to clean their hands and nothing's going to happen. But check this out. This is, again, Melissa Perry in live San Francisco, on MSNBC. Melissa Harris-Perry, when we first came to you after the verdict was read, you had a very personal reaction, and it stayed with me and will stay with me, I'm sure, for a long time about how African-American parents will have to hold their children closer tonight um, it raises questions and I, I suppose that 
of many big questions, and there are broad questions about racial profiling and, and, and what will happen going forward. What does a parent say to a child tonight? You know, um, I think part of the reason I was having that reaction was because my 11-year-old is apparently, um, she's home with her father and she was watching and uh, texted me that she felt like there was no justice in America. And my big sister told me that her 12-year-old son had gotten in bed with them tonight. And as I was, I was listening to, <clears throat> as, as, as I'm listening to this, I think, so here are your choices as an African-American parent. You can live in, uh, we live in such a racially segregated country that you're trying to do the best thing for your kids. So you think, okay, we'll, we'll go live in the black neighborhood. We'll live in, an, in a predominantly African-American community. One of the things we know is that those communities are often plagued with crime that takes the lives of African-American children. It, it, is, it is the reality that most young black men, 17, 18, who die in this country from gunshot wounds, from violence, die at the hands of other African-American men. So here you want to live in this community, but then you think, okay, maybe I can't. So then maybe you move to a community like the one where Trayvon Martin's father was living, where you have the gated community, where you feel safe to let your kid walk at 7 o'clock over to the 7-Eleven and pick up some candy during the game. The idea that that community, too, is not safe because they can be profiled and potentially victimized by violence by those who will see them as not belonging there. It, I don't know that I can express, but I want to try, that it begins to feel like there is no place that you can be, no choice that you can make, no home that you can buy, no place where you can put your kid in school where it is safe. And I, I think this is what this is what Newtown families felt when their their little beautiful children sitting in their own elementary school were gunned down and they said, Whoa, wait is what is happening in a country where you can't be safe in elementary school? But I think that is a feeling that is that is so familiar and brought home by this case for so many of us that there is no safe place to be. And as I'm listening to what you're saying and, and there is this obvious um fear and the question about safety and, and kids shouldn't have to worry about their safety. Um, I went into the neighborhood after the, the Boston bombing to the friends of the little boy who was killed yep. and none of them could sleep at night. I see that's really, really sad to have to listen to uh, somebody say that their child while watching the verdict told their father that there is no justice in America. Now, this is a child that's growing up thinking there's no justice in America, and that's not the, you know, the mentality you want kids growing up in this country. And yes, truly, I mean, she hit it right on the head. There really is no justice in America, at least no justice for Trevon Martin, no justice for Kaylee Anthony. Uh, there's really no justice for children in Florida. Uh, that's what really sickens me that you know these are kids a 17 year old is only a year removed from being 16 15 14 my nephews are 16 15 17 you know if one of them was to get killed like this i don't know what i would do i mean let me tell you something i am very proud of the martin family for you know staying back and not really resorting to any violence i'm very proud of the american people for not rioting and not doing anything crazy because it never needs to get to that point but I, I know myself, and I know if my child or my nephews were ever harmed in this way, and if the killer walked away scot-free, let me tell you, I don't, I don't know what I would do, but I tell you what, it would definitely be gruesome. I don't blame you, man. I really don't blame you. Because I got, I, I got, you know, nephews. I got a few, I got a couple of nephews. 
a couple of young nieces and everything. They're nowhere near like 16 or 17 or anything, but I got cousins who are like between 16 and Dan and my, and Dan and my age. I just turned 26, you know? So, um, I can relate to that, man. And honestly, I wouldn't know what I would do. I really wouldn't know what I would do if I found out one of my kids got killed. I mean, one of my, um, family members got killed and the killer walked away scot free. Honestly, I don't even know. I mean, th- I th- there's nothing worse than losing a child. Nothing worse. Nothing in your life would be more devastating than to have your child murdered and the killer walk away free. Nothing. I mean, the the, yeah, the torment this poor family is going through right now. And you know what? I've had this this discussion with people, people who I, I think are you know good individuals. Because uh, look, let me tell you something. Somebody can have some kind of racial issue with somebody or some people or whatever. But deep down, you know, they're still good folks that just have that issue about them. And you know, I have friends from all walks of life. And I've had conversations with people recently during you know this whole thing uh, where it really shocked me to find out like their views on race because i i myself am not a racist any in any way i love all people i i have friends in every walk of life like i said and i i really don't even look at race i really don't but i it's funny to have conversations with certain individuals latin individuals white individuals and to see them say certain things uh which really just boggles the mind and then my reaction to them has always stopped them right in their tracks you know my answer to whatever they're talking about always always froze them because it really hits home and you know anytime i've confronted and i'm not gonna mention names but anytime i've confronted friends who are like oh well you know uh he's gonna get off because he you know he had to shoot him this kid was bashing his brains in and he's a thug and this and that and you know black people steal and you know stupid shit like that people would say and then i say something well let me ask you you have a kid right and this happened a couple times where they actually had kids and i said what would you feel like if your son was shot by some wannabe cop in the streets and all he was doing was trying to get back home to watch TV. And that froze him right there. Because yeah. that, that hits home. The, the problem is people don't put themselves in the shoes of the parents that are going through this. This is a very traumatic event to go through as parents. Again, losing your child is the worst thing on the planet. Nothing is worse than losing your child at all. The only thing that, they, the only thing that even comes close is losing a parent. That's it. Those are the, you know, yeah. when you lose somebody really close to you, that's a piece of you that is gone forever. They're ripped away from you. And now, exactly. Trevon Martin's family is never going to have him back. I mean, even if Zimmerman was convicted, he's still never going to be able to come back. Zimmerman gets to go on with his life. In fact, they're even talking about giving him, giving him back the gun that he used to kill this kid. Because it, 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 since he was acquitted... So he's acquitted, they can give him back his gun now, and he can go back on the streets patrolling whatever new block he wants to move into. And, uh, you know, maybe in a couple of years we'll see him back on the news after shooting another kid. Exactly, man. It's just disgusting. And the fact that, to me, that gets me, the fact that gets me the most is that just a few years ago when Michael Vick was convicted of killing some damn dogs and everything, now, understandable, the, the funny thing about that case is he didn't even kill any dogs. It wasn't even him that killed dogs. Right. It was his family, family members and close friends that were killing the dog and pit bull fighting and all this other stuff. And then 
they switched him out because the heat came down on them and half of them were probably paroled on probation and they knew they couldn't go back to jail for another five to ten years. So right. they figured, you know what, let me rat my family or my best friend out because he's not, quote-unquote, taking care of me like I believe he should. And then they made him take the fall, which in my mind is effed up because I believe like this. If you're going to do something like that illegal, you should face the consequences. I completely agree, but here's here, here's the, the crazy thing. A dog fighting in the South is very common. Michael Vick and his family are not the only ones that take part in that disgusting sport. Yeah, of course. Uh, as, part as unfortunate as that is, because I love animals, I love dogs, and I, I completely hated what happened in that case. And I'm a huge Michael Vick fan. Still am. I really uh, I love the guy as a football player, but that disgusted me that he was involved in any way in that. But they gave him jail time for killing dogs. Zimmerman gets free for killing a child. Casey yeah. Anthony gets free for killing a child. Killing a child. It, it's amazing. Look, man, we got to go go to break here. Thank you for calling in, bro, to the show. I really appreciate you being on. Uh, you know, give us your last thoughts here before we go to break on, on this whole thing. What's the last message you want to give out to the world, bro? Man, I just want to, you know, say a long prayer for Trayvon Martin and his family. You know, I, can, I can't even imagine what they're going through right now. And to George Zimmerman, you will never be, even though you have that smirk on your face and everything, thinking that you got away, you will never be able to be safe in this country ever again. Or not even in this country, just throughout the world, because everybody knows you now. Everybody knows what you look like. Everybody knows how you are. And you won't be safe because you don't know what person or who that person is that's going to, that could literally put a bullet through your head or sling a brick at you. He better disappear from the planet. Dude, thanks for calling in. we got to hit break. Exactly. We'll be right back with California Guy, and he's going to tell us his point of view in this uh, whole have thing. Have a good night, man. Thanks. Have a good night, man. Thanks again for calling in. Guys, stay tuned to Inside the Jackal's Head right here on PSN Radio and SoFlo. team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more Look! 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. If you're in the market for a luxury pre-owned vehicle, then stop by Prado Auto Sales located at 7300 Southwest 8th Street in Miami. Prado Auto Sales has been family owned and operated for two generations and they've been taking care of South Florida since 1964. They work with every major bank and also have in-house financing available so everyone is approved. Receive a trip for two to a four-star resort with any vehicle purchase. Prado Auto Sales has over 150 vehicles in stock so call them today at 888-719-5329. That's 888-719-5329 or online at PradoAutoSales.com. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fellow. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. By the Glass. By the Glass is a show about beverage culture. Brad Hubbard. What I'm going to do is I'm going to connect the dots on how everything works together. It's really all about how we enjoy things, how we enjoy life, and how beverages play a big part in that. I'm going to bring in people that are going to display their aspect of the culture. I'm going to bring in people that are going to show you different products. We're going to look at places where people go to consume these beverages and how they all interact. Things are built around the actual beverage itself. By the Glass. Thursdays from 6 to 7. Only on SoFlow Radio. Say, remember when radio was fun? Now it's dead. Because deregulation has allowed one massive corporation to spread its tentacles like a giant octopus, absorbing radio stations around the globe. And that's why you hear this. SoFlo Radio will stand and fight the corporate monolith. SoFloRadio.com. SoFloRadio.com. PSN Radio The Soup. The best talk radio anywhere.
everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Cabeza, the head, the big giant head, live on PSN Radio and, of course, SoFlow Radio. And if you're listening in through Shotcast, TalkStream Live, or any other place on the internet, please make your way over to the chat room right now. Join us only on www.psn-radio.com. Hit the big old banner on the very top of the left side that says chat room. Can't miss it, really, unless you're Stevie Wonder. Well, Ray Charles, maybe he could have missed that shit. Anybody else with uh, 2020 vision or, or glasses, even if you've you got the bottle glasses, like nerds, you can still see that banner and go in there. Check out the chat room. Go in, chat with us, uh, spend a little time. If you guys want to call on in, the number is uh, 786-245-8127. I am now joined by my very good friend and fellow PSN co-host here on the Answer to Movie Troll Insanity, California guy. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? Not much. Uh, just go up this really from the last show I did a little earlier and being in the chat room and listening in on the show for the first hour and stuff. So, you know, it's, you know, doing best I can do as far as this disturbing case and stuff. So, uh, I heard that, uh, the last hour, a few things I'm going to say, and if anybody want to hear what I said, you can go back to California Guys Show and listen to this show on Blog Talk. I, Which, I by the by the way, real quick, uh, not to get you up. By the way, I heard the show you did uh, today. Excellent show, man! Congratulations oh, on a very good show, guys. Really check out that that show, California Guy on Block Talk. In fact, I'll post the link later on my website. Uh, inside, actually, com and uh, you get uh, go through the link through there and check out California Guy's show. But continue, my friend. Yeah, so, you know, me, me and Crossfire, we did the show, actually, with the calls today on there. But my my thoughts is this. I, I kind of figure the media, I, I blame a lot of things, a lot of factors into this case. It was the media's fault in the beginning because America is so fascinated with black-on-white racism. That's number one. And I remember when the case started last year. I remember when it was really a nowhere case at the time. And I heard about it, you know, like on current TV or some other off-cable station, and they talked about the case. And I think that Al Sharpton, he got more involved with it, and, you know, he was on MSNBC. He was talking about it almost every now in Politics Nation and, you know, the Tom Joyner Show, and a lot of people had this campaign for uh, Trayvon Martin. And so mm-hmm. when I seen the case, it was very small. It was small scale. And the case where... This neighborhood watch guy, he follows the young black teenager. We became, you know, it became romantic, you know, to the media. And so sides started to split because you had Al Sharpton and a lot of African-Americans. I'm black myself. We were like, okay, we need justice. You know, what happened? What really happened? And so that's all that black people asked for was justice in this case. And not just black people, but, you know, different races that was kind of with black people also asking for justice. But it got split. Because you had the right wing and a lot of pro-white people who, and I'm not trying to be offense, not every white person, but pro-white people that was against Trayvon Martin. So they began right. early on to play this mind myth. I know you do a lot of manipulation and propaganda on Jackal Head Show, yep. but they began to play mind games to middle of the so-called middle American group. Well, he's this thug, he's black, he smoked right. weed in school, he, uh, uh, he's taking pictures on Facebook with, you know, gang signs. And so that's where the problem began for Trayvon. Trayvon was a he was dead man walking. He was, when he it was like, it, yeah, it's like they were demonizing him. And now you're, you're talking about demonizing a 17-year-old kid in the media. Exactly. Who is the victim 
in this case. Exactly. Let's not forget, exactly. let's not forget that fact. He is the victim who is deceased. But see, people, that's where the problem started. Was right. When they no, did the right. protesting, it, it, it became, okay, and I think Zimmerman, he went on, like, Kennedy's show, and, you know, he went on some right-wing shows. He made sure to go to those yes, ass-clown racist shows. <laughs> yeah, and he went to their shows. They, they asked him this side story. And, you know, he went on the show where he, he, he went on a show, which is funny because Zimmerman is a Democrat. This is funny. He goes on a hard, racist, right-wing show. Yep. And he told the story to the biggest liar and racist that you could find <laughs> on Fox News. Well, next, and, yeah, yeah, yep. And Hannity, because he's known for <laughs> having Mark Furman as a contributor of all yes. people, because I was amazed looking at the show. I was, I was going to say looking. next to Mark Furman, who's on his show, but I wanted you to complete, you know, complete your 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 thought there. <laughs> yeah, he was on the show. It was amazing. He's explaining about a case. Uh, about racism of all people, Mark Furman. And she was on a show last night as a contributor talking about it. But I, I side note, Zimmerman goes on there and he tells his side of the story. So from that point on, the media tried Trayvon Martin. And because Zimmerman, he's a neighborhood watch, which he's a failure, by the way. He's a failure in life. And I, I'm just going to say it. he's a racist. I don't care about that black man that's his friend. He's a bigot. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't think of the name for him. That I'm not gonna lie. I would hurt George Zimmerman. That's no <laughs> lie. I would literally yeah. hurt this man. That's little talk. And you know he's lucky. And I said on my show, he's very lucky that he didn't follow me because I I'm a gun collector too. I carry guns. I got permits also. And he would have stopped me. I would have let him get out that truck. That's a fact. I want to let him get out that truck. I would have been on television for getting him because I want to let him do it. So he, he targeted a teenage boy, and the boy, he was scared. Even if he beat his ass, so what? He beat his ass because he shouldn't have been asking him no questions. That's what people forget. I don't care if J. Rod Martin had a juvenile record. I don't care if he It had nothing to do with the case, but the media and people got this image that, oh, because he's black, that he's automatically a villain or Latino or Asian, so you have no rights at all to, you know, ask, why is this man following me, this weird man following me? So that's my whole issue with this case. And for people to, and I feel sorry for the Martin family. I, I feel sorry for them because they lost a son. Zimmerman, he gets to have Christmas. Zimmerman gets to have Fourth July. Zimmerman gets to go back to his fat, ugly wife. Zimmerman gets to do all kinds of boy, things. Boy, she is ugly. That, boy. <laughs> yeah, she's ugly as a mother. She's a failure. And, and you know, Jackal, he's a fucking failure anyway. He's a loser. Yep. Yeah, his dad's a judge. So what? He's the fucking shit of the family. No, but you know, that, that's actually that's a great point right there. And yes, excuse your French because we're trying to clean up the show here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, you hit on a great point there. And one that I made earlier, his father is a judge. A judge in Orlando for over 30 years. He has gotten him off problems before. Now, you're talking about a guy who's not an angel. George Zimmerman has been in problems with the law in the past, and his father stepped in and got him out of problems. So what is it, uh, you know, is it too crazy to think that maybe that's what happened here again? And that's why the prosecution was horrific in this case? Because, look, I saw a lot of the uh, the actual court days uh, or the court footage when they were showing him on TV, and, and I'll tell you what. That was one of the worst prosecutions I've ever seen, and, I, and I've seen a few trials. I saw the Casey Anthony trial, the OJ trial. I was uh, glued to, to, to the TV when OJ was on trial. 
Let me tell you. And I followed that from day one to the last day of the trial. And I did almost exactly the same on this one. And the prosecution on this team was horrible. It was almost like they were picked to fail. Well, that's the, the problem. The poss- Well, first of all, you, you said this yourself on the show. I think on one of your shows back, I remember you saying this on, on Facebook. I don't remember. But you said yourself, Somewhere. it took them a long time to just convict I mean, not convict him, but to just arrest uh, him. even it, arrest him. Yeah. So yeah. If, they, if they had a protest to uh, arrest him, that was a problem right there into itself. That was a month before they really arrested him. And then once they arrested him, he still was able to kind of do what he wanted to do. The police had solar pop with him, basically, when he got in trouble. They seen a few right. bruises and scratches, so they were going to let him go anyway. But the, the, court, the case was tainted in the first place because the police didn't do a proper investigation. So that's why he was able to kind of walk. The prosecution didn't want to send the general. People didn't get mad at me, but I, I think the prosecution didn't really want to send the judge. That's why they half-assed did it. And look where the county he's at. The county he lived at doesn't have too many African-Americans in the first place. So, Not only and, that, the jury is, is 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 based on the jury is all women and they're all white women and mothers. It's just one minority in there. Uh, she's not a black woman. She's a Latina woman. All right, one Latina woman and the rest are white women, all gun owners. By the way, see now see? who put that jury together is my question because statistically, white women don't convict. That's the anybody can look this up. There's a statistic on this. They do not convict in these kind of cases, especially mothers, because they, especially a young guy like like Zimmer, he's still young. He's only like 28, 29, still a young guy. So, I mean, who put that jury together? Why was it allowed to be put together that way? Why well, was it there no because of OJ? Well, you said it yourself, OJ, earlier today. Right. Back in the nineties, I know I'm not trying to go through old history lesson, but back in the nineties, OJ, the Kate, the jurors were mixed. They were mixed with Caucasian people, black and Asian, I believe. And they right. could quote yeah. me. And so they didn't want to risk that. They didn't want to risk a biased type case. They figured that it was so racially charged. I'm thinking these dodos, they oh, we're going to get some Caucasian woman that lives in the county whose minds are made up that's probably, you know, conservative thinking individuals anyway. So, oh, let's get, the, let's get these women in here and let them be the jurors. That's what happened. And they figured, well, they're stupid. You know, they, they can't make their mind up, but they weren't stupid. In fact, they didn't deliberate long. They, that was the quickest nope, deliberation yeah. that I ever seen. So Not only that, people, think, people thought that, a lot of people thought that this uh, verdict wouldn't come down to like Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And on Saturday, they were, they were ready to go. Yeah, their minds were made up. But that yeah. just proves you their minds were made up. They was not going to convict them. They listened to the evidence. And the, and I blame the media. And this is one of the things. So I really blame like CNN, MSNBC, mm-hmm. and some of these other. I blame, and people say, well, MSNBC has defended him too. But yeah, but they made it to where it was too racially charged. Because right. if you got people that's in, and I'm not saying that everybody's racist either that defends Zimmerman, but if you have some elements in this country that really believe in your stand your ground and they already are biased for that law and gun ownership and they're looking at MSNBC to defend them, <clears throat> and you look at Fox, they're defending Zimmerman and you got uh, Trayvon getting defended and minds get made up, minds get molded and shaped. Even if we all got prejudices in our system. So if you see, like, an African-American man and you're not really around a lot of black people 
and you haven't really, you know, really worked with him or grew up around him, and you see that he looks like a criminal and a thug, your prejudices kind of kick in a little bit. And so I think that the media didn't help it either, along right. with this case. It was all shenanigans to me. It was all bull, uh, bull it's, crap. Uh, it's, the back. Like I said, this is a bot case. It, they bought this jury. They bought the state attorney's office. This is the you know, paid for by George Zimmerman Sr. This is what I'm starting to really believe. Again, he's a judge in this county, in this city, for almost 30 years. He's gotten his son out of trouble before. And when you really follow this case, it really starts to get that feeling like uh, there's no way they're going to convict this guy. At all. Mm-hmm. It was bought and paid for. Now we're joined by Scorpio Moon, who uh, I guess wants to give us his two cents on this whole thing. Uh, Scorpio, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head. What's up, buddy? You know, as a proud, responsible gun owner, I think people like this George Zimmerman are the biggest threat to the Second Amendment out there. You know, you can take your, your movie theater killers or all these other psychos, and they're going to do harm no matter what. But, you know, this guy Zimmerman technically had every right to own this weapon. But I feel like, and this is maybe a little bit of a conspiracy, but it almost seems like I think he's actually guilty of first-degree murder. It seems like having a gun was just burning a hole in his pocket, and he just had to use it. And that's why he goes out and puts himself in a situation with even the flimsiest of excuses to finally just go ahead and shoot someone. You know, that's an interesting take because, you know, Zimmerman said that he got involved in the neighborhood watch because he was afraid that somebody was going to break into his house and his wife was there alone and he was afraid for her safety. Now, I've had that issue with my neighborhoods also in the past where I was afraid for my safety or my mother's safety or my brother's safety used to live with me or my girlfriend's safety used to live with me for a while. I've had that issue. You know what I did? I got bars on my windows and I put ADT alarm. All right? I'm secure. I have a gun in the house. I'm secure. If anybody comes and tries to invade my property, it's going to go off and they're going to be dead. You know that, but I'm protected. You know what I mean? What happened to them just doing that to their house? For him to go in, you're absolutely right. He put himself out there and he went out thinking that he was a police officer when he clearly isn't. Now it's funny that he says he wants to study law and maybe become a lawyer. Now that he's been let free, can you imagine that if this guy becomes a lawyer? Passes the bar. He might get you off. He might get you off because he got a lot of bullshit, uh, bullshit in his mouth. He might get you out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he becomes a judge. Judge George Zimmerman Jr. Yeah, I, I can't understand how that part. didn't just happen. You said his dad is a judge. I mean, why is he not just in the law enforcement system somehow or another? That was one of the things that burned me the most is watching this trial. Because I got my work, we have a lot of like TVs on and stuff, and I saw this shit constantly. And there were days where they were talking about, you know, did Zimmerman use excessive force? And it almost sounded like they were treating it like an internal affairs investigation of a police officer-involved shooting. Where, I mean, right. this guy is not a police officer. Any amount of force is excessive when you go and put yourself in that situation. Absolutely right. You know, it's funny, after the trial, attorney Mark O'Mara, uh, the attorney for... Uh, George Zimmerman said that if George Zimmerman was black, he would never have been charged with a crime to begin with. And this is exactly one hour after his client was acquitted of second-degree murder on, and manslaughter. 
Uh, George Zimmerman's attorney, Michael Murrah, spoke to reporters, one whom asked if he thought that the trial would have gone any differently if Zimmerman had been black. And he said, I'm quoting, things would have been different uh, for George Zimmerman if he was black for this reason. He would never have been charged with a crime to begin with. O'Mara said that it seems as though uh, that into, as, as, uh, as though what happened was uh, an event uh, that was being looked into by the Sanford Police Department. And quite honestly, he says here, as we know, uh, looked into quite well. I, and he says, I have uh, taken the advantage of the police department who have not gone into any good investigations of crimes. But he says, because of what I do for a living, when I looked into the Sanford Police Department investigation, they had done a good job, and they really should not have even charged him with a crime. Now, this is the attorney for George Zimmerman saying this. What do you guys feel? Uh, do you agree with him uh, if George Zimmerman was a black man shooting another black man? Do you think he would have gotten charged to begin with? Or would he just been arrested on the spot? Yeah, sure. I, I can answer it. Let me let me let me let me rebut back what he said. If George Zimmerman was shot by a white boy with a hoodie in mm. his neighborhood, would George Zimmerman have got locked up for that? That can answer the question right there. That's a good if question. He was man. a white boy. Yeah, pure white bread, white guy, blonde hair, blue eyes, and he killed him the same identical way he fought with him. With George Zimmerman, see, this is the problem. The media doesn't know how to ask the questions back. Now, if it was right. a black man when he got arrested, yes, he would have probably he would have got arrested. I'm sure of it. If it was black, he probably it wouldn't have made media though. I mean, that's just not you know what he's saying. It don't really make a lot of sense. If it was black on black, it probably wouldn't hit the news. But he hit the news because he was non-black and it was racially charged. He said racial stuff on the 911 calls. He was. Uh, uh, race baiting him. That's the reason why it made media. That's why so many people got angry in the first place because he stalked him, he got out of his truck, and he bothered him for no reason. So, you know, he could try to muddle it up. And I mean, but that's just cold words to say, you know, he shot this black guy, and, you know, that's it, you know. And, you know, if it was black on black, he wouldn't have went to jail, which is, I think it's not true. But I, I asked him the question, if he was shot a white guy, but he still went to jail. That's the question to his lawyers. Here's another take on that, though, uh, and, and this is maybe more of what he was trying to, to say. Uh, if he was a black man and he did shoot another black man, uh, would they even care about arresting him because they don't really care about solving black-on-black crime? And we know that for a fact. Nobody's ever solved Tupac or Biggie's murders. No. Police don't care. No. And maybe that's where he was trying to go with that. And that's very racially insensitive uh, to say that an hour after this man gets acquitted. But you know what? It's actually pretty accurate if that's where he was going with it. That is true. Part, I mean, part, I mean, he's right. But this case got investigated. And, and you're absolutely right. Black on black crimes don't get, you know, with that. But in this case, it was racially motivated. That's the only reason I got more attention than it would have mm -hmm. gotten. And the police didn't do any. And like Scrippio said, they treated it like internal affairs or something. Like he was a cop, actually. And, <laughs> you know, they, the police totally bundled it up because they wanted to be his buddy. So that's why right. this case got looked at the way it did. But, yeah, if it was black on black, it, it would get ignored. More likely, nobody probably would care. It would, it would go really under the radar. Because there have been cases that I've seen. I've seen on First 48 where there was a case where a black guy, was some teenagers shot into his place, and he killed him. And he got off on self-defense. I mean, he didn't go, uh, he didn't have a trial or nothing. The police said, well, he was in his rights, and I agree with that. If if um, Trayvon had weapons on him and he was messing with Zimmerman, and Zimmerman had to protect himself, oh, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be like, with the hands off, Zimmerman had to do what he had to do. You know, I'd be like, well, Trayvon should have messed with him. 
But in this case, it was nothing like that. So he, the lawyer could say what he wanted to say about, oh, well, you know, um, if he was black, that he probably wouldn't uh, get in trouble. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have made no media at all. So what? The, and the, and the question is, if he was white, would Zimmerman have gone went to jail? I'm sure he would have. Everybody can agree he would have went to prison. Even if the white boy would have smoked weed. If he would have smoked weed, he would have been a rocker, and he would have been into some other stuff. He could have been in the acid. He would have went to jail. Trust me. You know, it's funny. Uh, he had very, very small levels of THC in the system. Very small. So he smoked a little weed. Is I don't care about deal? that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but it's, it's funny. It's funny how they they've really like looked at that and really publicized that. Oh, he was a pothead. You know, really try to make that as a negative connotation towards this kid. You know how many sixteen, seventeen year old kids smoke pot in America? All of them. Lot. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not who, just who can honestly about... look anyone in the eye and say <laughs> they've never smoked a little marijuana? Not only that, uh, I'm not even talking about black kids. I'm talking about kids in general. Okay, I'm talking about all kids, white, black, Hispanic, every kid in America at that age is experimenting. That's It's been part of this country's culture for the last hundred years. You know what I mean? It's not anything that it's really that crazy to think of. We all go through that phase where we experiment with drugs and women and some guys with guys and some girls with girls. You know, and it's just that's what you do at that age and then you find who you are and you become an adult. Right, that's right, called I mean, youth. That's growing up. That's exactly what that is. Now, it, but it, it always makes me laugh when they really demonize marijuana in any of these cases. That you know, it's it's just funny how bad of a rap marijuana still has in this country, considering it's starting to be legal in some parts. Yeah, and honestly, that should make him more innocent. It's like dude wasn't looking for a fight. Dude was just smoking a little pot, eating some candy. Yeah, and he wasn't even smoking pot. That he was just eating some candy. He was walking in the neighborhood. He just walked in the wrong neighborhood. That's what it looked like <laughs> to me. And people keep saying that, oh, it's Trayvon's fault. It's Trayvon. I'm like, well, what did Trayvon do? And I keep asking the question to people. I tell anybody to tell me, what did Trayvon do? I mean, I don't care if he had a bad school record a year before. I don't care if he had a hoodie on. Uh, I don't recommend nobody change their clothes because some idiot out there is going to judge you. That's my thing. Because I think I heard the last car say with... You know, uh, we got to work certain things. That's what Gerardo Rivera said. That's what Gerardo right. Rivera was saying last year. That's why I don't respect Gerardo Rivera no more because he says that, oh, we should wear hoodie. I'm like, Corrado, I wear what I want to wear. And these kids wear what they want to wear. So what if there's gang members that wear? But there's gang members that wear red plaid shirts. So we stop right. wearing plaid shirts because gang members wear it. That don't make sense to me. So when he said that, it's like, no lie. He would have got shot anyway if he had a three-piece suit on. So what was Harado's excuse for that? It either wore a three-piece suit. I mean, so what? This black man still get killed for wearing a suit or beat on. So what's he talking about? That was the thing that puzzled me again with the media. They was like, well, he had the hood. That's why he had the hoodie march. And doing so well, people commit crimes. That's true. There's people that commit crimes in a suit. I wish yeah. that they would have racially profiled those two idiots that bombed uh, the Olympic, uh, uh, the uh, early uh, Boston bomber. I was there to profile them two idiots early part of this year. Them guys <laughs> walked in there and they blew up and and maimed and killed three innocent people and was on the yeah. run for like yep. two or three weeks. They had to, they had to kill one of the uh, brothers and the other one still sitting in there with his throat shot off up in the federal prison. They, they don't even know if he's a terrorist or not. I wish they would have racially. They didn't have hoodies on. They had jackets on. 
So I, I don't get this thing that, oh, and, and these guys were bad. And by the way, they was responsible. This is how I tell you about the media. The oldest brother was responsible for committing maybe another unsolved murder prior to the Boston bombing. But Trayvon, right. he's African-American. Yeah, these brothers were doing all kinds of things. They don't play mm -hmm. their past. But Trayvon was skittled in a sweet drink. Oh, you know, he's full of weed. His girlfriend's ignorant. Uh, he's just black, 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 black. That's all that was in this case. It really does, and it's funny because a lot of people are like trying to say, well, you know, this is not about race, but it, it really is about race. No matter how much some people try to hide that fact, it really is all about race, including, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Pierce Morgan uh, confronted Robert Zimmerman Jr., the, the older brother mm -hmm. of George Zimmerman, over controversial tweets that he made in an interview. Now, Pierce Morgan scored quite, you know, the interview with getting Robert Zimmerman on. Uh, and uh, he said, now, this is crazy, but on the tweets, he compared uh, similarities between Martin and Demarcus Kareem Elkins, the Georgia teenager accused of killing a 13-year-old boy. Morgan confronted Zimmerman, telling him that his tweets connecting the two were incendiary and bordering on the outright racism. Zimmerman defending himself while, while apologizing for how the tweets came across. But, uh, you know, what do you think about that? Now, this is the guy's brother. They're, they were raised together. If he has racial over, you know, thoughts in his mind, do you not think that George Zimmerman had racial, you know, problems in his head also, and he, and he had that same kind of feeling, you know, growing up? Of course. Of course he did. But first of all, this killer, and I'm not going to call him, he's not a racist killer. First of all, this killer, this racist killer's brother, and I read the read that too. He, he they're both from, he they're racist. That's why yeah, he messed with Trayvon in the first place. Exactly. They're both for bigots. They they're racist, and the media and his supporters were also racial had racially motivated actions too because they prejudged uh, Trayvon before even getting into the case. Like I said, if it had been a white kid, and he did, I was feel the same way. If it had been a, a white kid, by the way, too, or Asian kid. So it, it ain't just because. I'm against anybody killing kids, you know, but this exactly. was a racially motivated case. And when he wrote that down with the, about the kid that was a killer, he was a killer out there in Georgia. He's an actual killer. There was no comparison at all. He set out to murder that 13-year-old uh, boy. But for him to compare that showed the mindset of people. And this just shows, too, that America has not changed when it comes to Even though we have Barack Obama as president, you still have strong racism going on in the country. That's a fact. I mean, you can see that with this case. They they, they delivered it. And this is like Emmett Till to me. I never thought I would see the day that we'll actually have a modern-day Emmett Till case. And I don't this is a lot like Emmett Till. Yeah. It completely yeah. is. And, and, you know, it's also shocking that Barack Obama, the president of the United States, uh, has also kind of seen himself getting involved in this. Of course, he made a controversial comment last year uh, that if he had a son, he would look like Trevon Martin, uh, which is a true statement. If he had a son, he probably would look somewhat like Trevon Martin because he is African-American, is he not? So yeah. while he makes a true statement that came from the bottom of his heart, he's caught fire, uh, you know, especially recently now with the verdict. They, you know, they, bring, they brought that back up. And, you know, what do you guys think about that, which is, I think, idiotic for him to, you know, get any kind of media backlash over that. But what do you think about well, those comments he made? The president is a different branch of the government from the judicial branch. So technically, I don't see how it's related. He can't, like, step in and do something about it. It's different branches of government. 
Well, no, yeah, I understand that, but I'm saying about his comments in general. I mean, and especially the fact that the media has used those comments to try to, like, send this negative backlash at him for it. And it's really ridiculous because, you know, and the moment when when this happened, and, and it was really a sensitive moment in America, especially race-wise, he made a comment that came, I think, directly from his heart. And a comment that is pretty accurate, if he had a son, he would look somewhat like Trevon Martin. That's not a, a, a in any way a, a false comment. Now he is again, like like I said, catching a crazy amount of backlash for those comments and and those comments. And I think again, this shows the racial problem in the media. And it's it goes back to again what we were talking about earlier. The media, it's the one that's really controlling and propagating the racial tension that's going on in this country. And it's because of you know comments like that. They're trying to blow that out of proportion, when it really is. They really shouldn't even make a big deal about that. But I know you guys have I've heard or seen stuff on the internet about this. Oh yes, yes. I'm gonna tell you something. I, I did a show back. I can remember about not about that per se. To be honest with you, this is not nothing new to me when it comes to Obama. It's been a problem with Obama. I'm, I'm not trying to go into another zone, but they've been trying to racial make Obama racial since he ran for president since 2008. Right. With Reverend Wright, I remember. I never had a problem with Reverend Wright. Now, now people may get mad at me. I don't care. But I never had a problem with Reverend Wright. But ever since he had his pastor, and that was the issue right there onto itself. And then with the Skip Gates incident, when he said that the police acted stupidly when he had the beer stomach, which I think he shouldn't have had. That was my opinion <laughs> at the time. That's what caused another issue again for Obama. So Obama tried to shut up about it. So Obama doesn't want to lose because they're they're trying to make him racial as possible. They want to say he's this divider, he's this militant, which is stupid to me because Obama's not. No, if he was a divider, he wouldn't be president right now. He's not. Correct. I hate to say this, but he's not Al Sharpton. He's not like Jesse Jackson. He's a totally different person. But for some reason, his enemies, his enemies, enemies, they want to racialize him really bad. And he's been attacked himself. He's been called a monkey. He's been called eight names. He's been called all kinds of stuff. Uh, the Tea Party. In the media, him. which goes back yes. to what I'm saying. The media has done a lot of this. Yeah. They which goes, goes back to the media dem- demonizing the president just because of the color of his skin, the same way they've done to Trevon Martin, the same way they do every single time. Somebody mm-hmm. who's African American is in the media. Even Michael Vick got demonized. Uh, you know, oh, Barry yeah, Bonds got demonized. Yeah. You know, they, look, this is a, this is the amazing yeah. thing. Look, this is, a, this is amazing thing. Barry Bonds gets demonized for being a steroid abuser, right? Mark McGuire mm-hmm. probably did more steroids than Barry Bonds, and he's still in baseball, and you know, he's coaching a team. Exactly, he gets away with it. Well, this is the thing for Michael Vick. I'm glad you see him. He goes to jail for to the dogs. I'm not going to lie. Now, people get mad. I don't give a damn about those dogs. And he goes to jail, and he got scrutinized. I mean, they really, he got fired from his team. They try to take this man's livelihood. And still, uh, Jordan Zimmerman, you got people cheerleading for him. You got people literally cheerleading. You got cheerleaders for him in the media and on Internet and beyond. But Michael Vick, yes, it was wrong for those dogs. But I'm sorry, I respect the human being a little bit more than some damn dogs, you know. Okay, so he did the dog fight, people snapping their necks. And that's a bad thing. But he he gets every bit of his time. I thought that was the most re- retarded, ridiculous thing. And then, you know, people still were attacking Michael Vick, uh, Vick after the fact of him apologizing. He couldn't do no wrong or, 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 or good. So he still got attacked, but he had to serve time. 
guys. Uh, it's yeah, well, Daniel, the thing you're forgetting, though, is how bad the Eagles' offensive line was the past few seasons. <laughs> Michael Vick has taken his punch. <laughs> guys, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to uh, hold off for a second and mute yourselves real quick. Uh, we have another caller who wants to call in. I want to give everybody who calls in an equal amount of time to talk here and get their point across. Uh, so, guys, let's give uh, Tim, or Triple Eight, a chance to, uh, to talk here. What's up, dude? Welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head. Hey, what's up? Now, what's your take on this whole thing, man, this whole verdict that came down this morning or last night? I mean, what's running through my head is, like, why? I mean, the the guy was obviously an idiot, so I I don't understand why they would um, go. I mean, just, like... I mean, couldn't they have just sentenced him for, like, 15 years or something? Like, the guy is a complete freaking idiot. You know, I had that question, why, how, how come, you know, and those questions ran through my mind. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm not the only one that had those questions, but I find it really funny when I started looking around the Internet today and I saw certain individuals, especially NFL players, who came out and completely unloaded in, in, in tweets. Because, so, you know, that's the way all social uh, media is done now is through tweeting. But, that's, where, that's, you know, that's the thing now. Uh, NFL players unloaded uh, on, their, on their Twitter, celebrities unloaded on their Twitter. Now, the reaction to the George Zimmerman not guilty verdict have been all over the map, but very few have come close to the kind of unbeliev- unbelievability in jaw-dropping tweet that was sent out this week by Atlanta Falcons uh, player Rodney White. Did you guys see this tweet? Yeah, he no. said that they should die. No, he said all them jurors should go home tonight, kill themselves for letting a grown man get away with killing a kid. Well, I paraphrase, but yeah. Close enough. They should die. Well, now, well, honestly, <laughs> as as harsh as that is, you know what? I understand why he would say that because they did let a man get away with killing a kid. Now it's going to be funny the kind of backlash he gets for making those comments. I wonder if he's going to face any I mean, just, uh, any problems because well, of those comments. Zimmerman is. He's not the only one that annoys me. I'm also, like, more angry at, like, how the, the absolutely piss-poor job that the media handled uh, this whole thing. I mean, that is some of the worst coverage I have ever seen in my life. Like, what, what the hell kind of drugs are these people on? The media was completely, uh, you know, it, it was a disaster, let's be honest. But the media, uh, the, the uh, state attorney's office, the, the, everybody who was involved in this case uh, completely, completely dropped the ball. I hate that they try to, like, they want to guilt trip people into picking a side. Uh, but they weren't going to fool me. I wasn't going to pick a side at all. George Zimmerman is an idiot who caused a death. Trayvon Martin is... A violent guy who got expelled from school and carries burglary tools. So, I feel sorry for the Martin family, but I don't feel sorry for Trayvon. I'm sorry that if that's heartless, but I don't. 
That is very heartless. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I the feel fuck? sorry for his family. My condolences go to the Martin family, but I'm not going to feel sorry for Trayvon. Well, let me, let me sorry for a dude who got shot in the chest. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you don't feel sorry for the kid who got shot in the chest, uh, where there's no evidence that he did anything else but protect himself. If you had a child and that happened to him, how would you feel? Huh? Well, I feel sad and my kid's gone. And you feel and sad and your kid's gone. Dude, if that's the only thing that you would feel, then you, you don't know what it is like to be a parent. Because then you will not feel sad. You'd be devastated. Well, his, well his, he shouldn't have been okay. like... He, he should have been nothing. He was using walking. drugs and carrying... No, look, he, see, this is the mentality that is completely fucked up in this country. Because a kid might have smoked weed one time. Does not make him a person so that should be shot 17, to death. Excuse to do what he it does. It doesn't here, matter. Example, you can be thirty. You can be thirty-five <laughs> and smoke some weed. It does not give anybody the right to shoot to death anybody. Yeah. It, it sounds like you're here's making excuses for why he deserves to die. Yeah. Listen, here's an example. Here's an example. And that is scaring me, Triple A. Here's a Triple Eight real quick. I'll give Triple Eight a better example. I'm not going to reveal where he's at, but the state that Triple Eight lives in is a very racial state. And say Triple Eight is walking up the street right now from school, and some guy, but he could be African American, he sees Triple Eight walking, and he don't know Triple Eight, but he gets out of his car, and he, what, what is Triple Eight going to do? What is Triple Eight going to do? And the guy approaches him and says, well, what you doing here? Is Triple Eight going to... Uh, I don't know what Triple Eight does. He gets scared because this black guy or Hispanic guy or even white decides to, to antagonize him. And then he pulls out his well, Puerto Rican. Triple Eight even to protect himself. Well, he shoots okay. Triple Eight. Then, and then well, he Puerto Rican. Record. And, and, well. then, and then he shoots you. And then you're laid out on the ground because some asshole decided to bother you. And I would say the same thing for any kid. So even if he had a bad record, he could have a record that's a, he could have been suspended every year for school for drugs. He did not have he had Skittles and uh, a sweet drink on him, and that was it. And he was minding his business. That's what he was doing. So you know, you don't feel sorry for him because he was bad, uh, and you don't feel sorry for him because he did something bad prior to uh, him getting shot. Look, and I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say real quick. He had every right to defend himself. Hold so. on, real quick. I, I want to say that uh, Alex said in the chat room that the Rodney White tweet was harsh. Yeah, it was harsh. But you know what, dude? I completely see where he's coming from, uh, because it did let a killer go. And it, check this out. Going back now to what you guys are talking about, doesn't matter again if he smoked a little weed. It doesn't matter if he was, you know, drinking on some drink. Doesn't matter if you know he had gotten expelled from school for. And by the way, his his him getting expelled from school had nothing to do with drugs. It had to do with the fact that he had gotten late to school a few times, and that happens a lot in Florida where you you're tardy a few times, and they kind of kick you out for a little bit and they suspend you. That happened to me a lot when I was a kid. Does that mean now that I, I should be killed, Triple A? Because I've drank, nope. drank, I've smoked pot, I've been expelled from school. I mean, I fit the criteria here of somebody who should, should just get blown away uh, by your standards. No, well, he had every right to defend himself. That idiot. Exactly. Trevon that Martin was the one standing his ground. If anything happened, which, we, again, we know certain things happen. We know that this man chased a, a kid. He stalked him, basically, with a gun. Okay? He got out of the car when the police told him not to. He chased him 
on foot when the police told them not to. At some point, they met up because they, I guess maybe they're circling around. Trevon at one point ran away from him. Maybe he ran around the block and, you know, he, he didn't know the block that well. And maybe he ran around the neighborhood not knowing where he was going. And, you know, they bumped into each other. We don't know what happened from that point on. Nobody was there really to say who started the fight, who threw the first punch, or if Zimmerman had the gun out the whole time pointing at him, and then Trevon panicked and had to fight back and defend himself. So for anybody to say, oh, well, Trevon smoked some weed, he's a thug, he should be killed, that is ridiculous, and it is a ridiculous well, way of thinking. No, but you, you definitely alluded to that. And, you know, I know you're a good kid, and, you know, you, we've talked before, and I know, and I, you know, I like you, I know you're a good person, but to even have that kind of mentality is disturbing to me, because really, it's, you don't know what happened, nobody knows what happened, what we do know is that this man, George Zimmerman, violated his civil rights, he had every right to be in that neighborhood, his father lived in that neighborhood, he was walking home, going back to his father's house, whether he was going to watch WWE wrestling, or whether he was going to make some drink, and he was going to drink it or whether he was going to go smoke some pot nobody is really supposed to give a shit that's his life we don't i don't care what his agenda was once he was back home with his dad that's none of my business it's none of our business you know what i mean whatever he was going to do that's his life it's it is nobody nobody is god you don't have the right to take somebody's life and yes, you know, race played a part in this from the very beginning because Zimmerman racially profiled this kid. And if you don't see that, I'm very disturbed. I really am. Guys, we got to go yeah, we gotta hit did. commercial. We'll be right back on Inside the Jackal's Head. We're overdue for commercial here. And uh, Pete on the board here is going to kill me. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show. In the market for a luxury pre-owned vehicle, then stop by Prado Auto Sales located at 7300 Southwest 8th Street in Miami. Prado Auto Sales has been family owned and operated for two generations and they've been taking care of South Florida since 1964. They work with every major bank and also have in-house financing available so everyone is approved. Receive a trip for two to a four-star resort with any vehicle purchase. Prado Auto Sales has over 150 vehicles in stock so call them today at 888-719-5329. That's 888-719-5329 or online at PradoAutoSales.com. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel. 
Steel, and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head here on PSN Radio and, of course, SoFlo Radio. Now, this has been a very hot topic tonight. The verdict is out. George Zimmerman has been set free for the murder of Trevon Martin. How do you feel about it? If you guys want to call in, 786-245-8127 is the number. Of course, you can check the show out live every week, Sunday nights at 10 p.m. on psn-radio.com and on SoFloRadio.com. We're back now. We have a lot of people on the line, but guys, I want to give everybody an equal time to talk. And now we have a new caller on the line, Crossfire. And Crossfire, I want to hear your point of view on this whole thing because, uh, as you heard from everybody here, we're all pretty much shocked. Uh, are you as shocked as everybody else here? I'm very shocked. I'm very shocked, and I just can't believe that something like this happened. I he really can't. He should, yeah, he shouldn't have been set free. That that is the dumbest. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, somebody Cross getting away that. with murder like that. Doesn't it frighten you that George Zimmerman, like, would possibly get like involved, like go on, might go on to be a lawyer after this or some crap like that? Maybe. It frightens me the fact that. No, it, it frightens me the fact that he walked away free. Yes. A murderer yeah, walked away too. free. That's what frightens me. Yep. You know, that, that frightens me. What happened with the Casey Anthony frightens me. Uh, the fact that it happened here in Florida scares me to death. Of course, we had the guy who ate the other guy's face. That was pretty scary. Uh, but a lot of crazy stuff happens here in Florida, and that is scary. I, I live in Florida, and to know that uh, this has happened in my backyard. Now, mind you, this kid, uh, Trevon Martin, lived in the Miami Gardens area with his mom. Uh, guess what? I want to have one of my nephews actually played football against him. And knew him uh, somewhat. So, yeah, it, it kind of hits home like that when you know that it's right in your backyard that this stuff happens. And it is very scary to know that this happens in today in America in 2013. And we're still going through this kind of crap. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Very, very. It's just, I just can't believe that, you know, these, these, these poor, the poor parents, man, it's just, they don't. They don't get to see their son grow up, all because one idiot decided, you know, he's gonna be a, try to be a somewhat hero, 
you know, just because he thinks that something's going on, even though it's not the case at all. Why didn't you just ask him, like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, like, what are you, like, why, why didn't he just ask him that? Why didn't he have to, like, confront him and start, like, well, here's, 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 the, here's the thing. We again, and I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier. We don't know what happened because we weren't there, so we don't know if uh, at any point George Zimmerman said, "Hey, what are you doing here, punk?" or if he used any racial slurs, or if he confronted him with a gun out. Like we really don't know what happened. But all we do know is that civil rights were violated. We do know that much. So I really do hope that the NAACP, uh, NAACP and, uh, and the government goes after George Zimmerman uh, for the civil rights violation in the murder of Trevon Martin. I think that's the, the next step. And I know he can never be tried in Orlando again for the crime, but if the government gets involved and they pursue civil rights charges, this could not be the end. I mean, there could definitely be more to this case in the future. And uh, do you think that is healthy for this country, guys? I mean, it, and I want to get everybody's opinion on this. Do you think it's healthy uh, in this country, considering how race relations has been in the last uh, 100 years, 200 years, 400 years, uh, how bad things have gotten in the past and how things have been now recently? Do you think it's healthy for this to continue on and there be another trial? Seems like daylight savings time for racism. Everyone roll your clocks back to the 1950s. There you go. That's probably the best answer. Well, I, I don't show. think it's healthy. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. It, it's, it's not healthy for the country. Uh, I think they should pursue federal uh, charges against him. I think they should sue him. I think they should sue the hell out of George Zimmerman. But this whole thing is really not healthy for the country uh, as far as race relations go, you know, because it just makes, you know, African, and I'm African American, it makes people black people mainly not trust the government. It's bad enough we see the thing mm. is we had slavery. Slavery was but it was government. It was government run. Slavery was not something that people came up with, you know, on their own. It was institutionalized slavery. And then after right. that black people went through apartheid, Jim Crow, that was just a new version of apartheid. My grandparents <laughs> went through Jim Crow. My grandparents and great grandparents grew up uh, my parents was born at the end of Jim Crow. My, my mother, she was like nine years old when Martin Luther King got killed ten years before I was born. So, you know, my grandparents, and when I was born as a baby, my dad was beat on by BART police in Oakland. He, they, BART police, white BART police, you know, they beat him up. So, you know, he had racist things like that happen. I've been messed with by police officers. I've had, I've been called nigger names before. You know, I've had, uh, people stalk me the same way. That's why I, you know, not to be mean to Triple H, but I've had that happen mm. to me before. I just was fortunate not to get killed. So I've had people target me also, uh, a lot of times. So this case really, you know, is very important. And, and no, it doesn't make it better in America, uh, when you have cases like this. And it makes us not trust the government. This That's could all have I can been say. Guys, this... I, 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 I gotta let you, uh, guys go. I gotta take other calls that are coming in. Uh, thanks for joining uh, on the show tonight, and uh, we only have a few minutes, and I do want to get a couple other callers that are trying to get on the show here. Uh, so if you either mute yourself or uh, for a second, but I want to welcome 504, who just uh, joined the call. Welcome to the Inside the Jackal set, 504. It's in the mind of DCS in the Jackal set. Uh-oh, look who it is. Welcome, Crystal Storm. Back. <laughs> what up, Jackal? To Inside the Jackal's Cabeza. I am. Thank you. I, I like being here. I, you know, I, I had to call in because it's such a great discussion, and I, I've recently moved to Florida. So, what, oh what's man, going on in the what state, a mistake! Woo. What, what, what up with the state? I don't even know. 
I don't what, a, what a mistake. What a mistake. Uh, <laughs> some craziness going on in this state. Uh, I, I got a couple of points. It, not to be too redundant, but what? I'm not surprised. I'm just not. Uh, unfortunately, I'm mm. not surprised that this happened. One, because from the get-go, just watching how the police were handling the investigation, you just you just knew you were setting yourself up for, for some sad shit if you really thought that this guy was going to go to jail. Um, right. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, and my heart goes out to Trayvon Martin and his family because that was just, it, it was all some dumb shit. It really was. Um, do I think that a civil case is good or bad for the country? I don't know. And, and dude said it best, that it, it really is ridiculous that we're having this rollback on these issues because, wow, guys, it's like 2013. Seriously, for real? Like, really? So I, I don't even know. But as far as it's good or bad, I don't know. I, don't, I think it might be good because some kind of justice needs to be had. And, you know, at some point this man needs to be held accountable because, you know, your biggest fear is that he's going to go out and he's going to do this again. He's going to go and he's going to do it again. Like I have you know what's no crazy? questions about, about DCS, it. DCS, you know what's crazy? He might do it again with the same gun. That's crazy. You know, why does he even have one? Like, what the? <laughs> are you serious? Like, are you serious? And, you know, and I have to say, people who think that who, Trayvon Martin, be it, you know, a dropout or possibly being on, you know, marijuana or whatever the case may be or having even burglary tools in his house does not mean that it was okay the way this went down. It just doesn't. It, it just no, doesn't. That's such, that's, such a, that's such a ridiculous judgment. Like, I, you know, I, it, it, almost the same way, like, we got we to gotta do it twofold. Like, maybe Zimmerman's right. brother was a racist, okay? Maybe Zimmerman himself was a racist. I mean, the race issue in this, I don't even care. I don't care what color this dude's skin was. Here's what happened. Some kid was walking home in a hoodie, had some Skittles and a soda, and got shot. And period. Done. That's, that's what happened. And exactly. the guy got and and again, I don't care what his agenda was once he got home. If he was going to smoke weed, if he was going to make some drink, I don't care what he was going to do. That's his life. He can do whatever the hell he want with his life. Once he goes home, and it, I mean that's his personal life. The fact that still remains that he's still an innocent kid walking home, and he's not dead. It's true. And I, it's I think the, it's funny how the media has really demonized him, and that's what forget that's what angers it. I me. Uh, I said in the chat room, relying on the mainstream media to do their job in this case, you, again, yes, you set yourself up for just a whole lot of heartache again. I mean, because, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it, it, it's just mainstream media. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, and, and my point in being 2013 is I think that we should be past these racial issues. We really Agreed. should. We should just be past them. Like, wow. <laughs> like I, just, I mean, I you, would, you would think it's the future. I mean, uh, you know, Back to the Future was what, part two was what, in 2015? We're almost there, so literally we're in the future, guys. Of course, we don't have the hoverboards or the cool cars yet to fly, but, you know, we're, we're almost there. Uh, you know, you would think you'd be past this kind of, like, stupidity, but uh, fortunately it looks like we're not past it. Uh, some people are still born stupid, and some people are just, uh, you know, made <laughs> stupid by their parents or their upbringing or, sadly enough, the, the place, their surroundings. You know, if they're you know in a certain though? part of the country, that influences you. It does. It really does. And, and I understand how environment can affect a person and your family and all this, but at some point, you need to be an individual. Yeah, I mean, you, especially if you are a person carrying a weapon, Correct. you need to be an individual, especially if you are not a cop. You're like a rent-a-cop carrying a weapon. Like, are you kidding me? 
I mean, he's it's worse because he's not even a rental cop. The dude is a, he's a watchman, neighborhood watchman, who's not paid at all. He wasn't paid to be there. He's an idiot. That's who he is. You know what I mean? And he killed a child, and he was not. And uh, look again. I've met neighborhood watch people. I've actually uh, participated in a few in a few neighborhood watches in the past. And I've met right. people from the Guardian Angels. I said that earlier on the show. Now, uh, guess what? None of these people were ever carrying guns, ever. Right. I have never right. met one neighborhood watch person that has a pistol on him. It just doesn't happen. Where there are the, na- normally where there are neighborhood watches like that, you don't need to be carrying. You, you exactly, don't. you don't. This is. It's it's ridiculous. I, I love that you called in. We're almost out of time here, but I know that you're coming back to our network pretty soon. You want to plug the show and uh, plug anything you're working on. Please take the time and do oh, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will do that very quick because I know how that goes. Okay, so the Mind of DCS was on for a bit. I have a new ho- co-host, and we are coming back Thursday night, 7 to 9, mm-hmm. We're calling it Unconventional Wisdom. You see wisdom. You get it? Uh, <laughs> it's going to be me and nice. my friend Julie. Um, we're going to hit it up. We're going to cover all kinds of topics, you know, my spiritual self-sustainability stuff. And she's like a sports announcer slash comedian. So it's just, it's going to be off the chain. And I'm very pleased to announce, I got to give a plug to this. My books, the Sonarchy series, you should read them because they're about to be on yes. TV. We air the first episode nationally September 3rd. That's right. Sonarchy TV will be on channels, major cities. Go to the Facebook page to find out the channel because as soon as I know, I'll tell everybody. Believe that. And Jack, well, yes. thanks for having a great show tonight. I was so happy that I popped in. And everybody I'm else that was so on the show. What's up? Hi, I love you. I'm so happy you were here, and I want to give you a round of applause. Let's, let's give you a round of applause, people. Because DCS and PSN Radio go together very well, and I'm just ecstatic to have you back on you. the network here. I really, really am. And, you know, we love you here on the network, uh, Crystal, and uh, everybody, as soon as I told them that you're coming back, was just uh, jumping for joy. They really were. That's so awesome. you're awesome, and everybody, please check out the book a and, and the series. I'm going to have on the show one day. I promise. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're all out of time. Ah, oh, this sucks. I'm gonna have to do a two-parter on this because honestly, I could talk about this all night. And you know what's funny? Um, DCS and everybody else is on the call here. Uh, this is not the last time we're gonna talk about this. I'm sure because if there is a grand jury uh, looking into this, or they do uh, some civil rights. Uh, charges on Zimmerman. Uh, we're going to be talking about this possibly into next year and further. Uh, and, and I'm afraid that this will spark some kind of, uh, of rioting or some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of craziness out there. That. And I, I want to tell everybody out there who might be listening, uh, anybody who hears the podcast later on, please avoid any violence. We do not need to resort to that. Uh, this is the future, like I said. In the future, we we deal with things in a civilized manner. I'm very proud of everybody so far who has kept it civil, and they've done their marching, and they've done their protesting, but they've kept it peaceful. You do not solve any violence with more violence. You solve violence with love. You solve violence with talking and communicating and, and opening a dialogue. And protesting is the right way to go because this shows that people care about this subject. And this is something that a lot of people should care about because Trevon Martin could have been my kid. He could have been your kid. He could have been your next-door neighbor's kid. He could have been anybody's kid. He just was walking home, and he's no longer with us. And it's a very, very sad day in America that we have to live in a country where a killer is getting off scot-free for murdering a child. I never thought I'd live in, in a country where that happened. I never thought, because I left my country as a baby, thanks to my parents, because they didn't want to live in a country like that. And we came to this country to avoid that kind of behavior and that kind of mentality. And it's very sad to see it in this country. And I hope that we can make that change, because change is what we do need. Guys, thank you so much for listening in. California guy, 
Triple Eight, Crossfire, Julian, who called in earlier, Scorpio, and of course, the very lovely, and as Alex would say, very hot, DCS. Thank you for calling in, everybody. We'll be back next Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, same time, same channels, inside the Jackal's Head. Peace, everybody. Stay free. Snake.